0: Hey everyone, this is Mac here at Sales Dads and just kind of wrapping up my day and wanted to take a couple of minutes to kind of summarize a little bit about the episode that you're about to watch. Today I'm joined by my good friend, Luke Welty. Uh, Luke has been working in the oil fracking industry now for I believe over 12 years. And uh, Luke currently works for an organization called Liberty Oil Field Services, uh, where he actually started working in a yard in Colorado. And upon you know starting his career with them, he was eventually promoted to a crew leader and now serves, uh, has served with Liberty now for over 10 years. Three of those last years have been spent as a service leader where he oversees multiple different crew leaders on different rotations. Um, during his time at Liberty, that company has actually grown from a, a small private organization with you know four fracking crews uh, that has now grown all the way into a publicly traded company averaging over $1.2 billion quarterly in revenue. Um so for Luke being able to work for the second largest fracking company in the US behind Halliburton coming in you know from nowhere and joining that organization when that is not you know his background that's not what he went to school for it's been an incredible ride for him and he he loves what he does and I think you're going to see that uh, in our conversation today but I think the other thing that sticks out about Luke in this conversation that you're going to learn to appreciate is the value that he has for his wife Sarah They've been married now for just over 11 years and they have two sons. And, you know, it's, it's obvious that Luke tries to prioritize both his relationship with his wife, his two boys, and, and making sure that, you know, he's giving himself to them fully. And you know, Luke and Sarah are very blessed. They, they've worked their tails off. Uh, they live on their own 10 acre farm in Fort Lupton, Colorado. And Sarah is actually a very talented horse trainer. Uh, she trains wild Mustangs, uh, has a pretty successful business built around that. They currently take care of over 10 horses. They have two dogs, uh, two cats, and, and 25-odd-some chickens. And as you know, life takes each turn, Luke seems to be excited for where each turn will take him and his family. So definitely leave us your comments and, and let us think about what we want to be doing in the future with your comments. Really excited to kind of share this episode with you because I think it's a special one that really talks about the ability to prioritize your job, but... Your ability to still maintain a good relationship with your spouse and your children and, and be that provider, but also be that emotional support and beacon that our families look to us to be as fathers. Thanks for being here. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is Mac here at Sales Dads. And as previously mentioned, I'm joined with my good friend, Luke Welty, who uh, once again I've had the pleasure of knowing since I was in college. And uh, Luke is a good friend. Uh, he's someone that really tends to put everything he has behind something that he's doing. and Uh, One of the things I enjoy about Luke and excited about being able to talk about this evening is just his commitment overall to what he's doing in the moment. So Luke is the type of person that if he says he's going to do something, he's going to see it all the way through. And I I think we're going to get in a little bit more detail about how he can apply that to both his work life and his family life, Um, even when he works a job that requires him to be away from home for a longer period of time than what most folks are used to. So Luke, dude, it's exciting to have you here, man, and, and thanks for taking the time. I you were telling me earlier that you're you're at a library right now because the internet just wasn't going to work at home, right?
1: Yep. Yeah. We, uh, you kind of live out in the country and internet's a little spotty at best. So yeah, I kind of got to make do with what I can get.
0: I mean, frankly, I I think, uh, I think you have the right setup because is it Fort Lupton or am I mispronouncing that? Yeah. Fort
1: Lupton. Yeah. So Fort
0: Lupton, Colorado. And then man, you're blessed. You've, you've got your ranch, you know, your wife trains Mustangs and she's an incredible Mustang trainer. And Y'all race yep. horses and didn't you say you have 25 chickens? Is that right?
1: Yeah, we got like 25 chickens. My wife's way more interesting than me, man. She's <laughs> she's oh man, she's yeah, she's busy all all the time training horses. She uh trains Mustangs from complete wild out in the uh out in the wilderness or whatever you know, just completely really wild. Cool. Never in, interacted with people before and then she trains them like we have our mustang dylan i could put a newborn on him and he's great so yeah she's she's uh, huh. loving it um using the property and then i'm still busy working in the oil field that's what i've been doing the last 12 13 years of my life so,
0: so you if i remember correctly when when we when you graduated a little bit ahead of me you took uh you, you kind of did some stuff locally and then you ended up moving out to Colorado and. And and dude, I'm not trying to be rude if I say this incorrectly, but is it essentially like you were working on a dude ranch to some degree, right?
1: Yeah, to some degree. I mean, we'd have people that would come out and horseback ride um, with us. and It was kind of like a a retreat, like camp conference center kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, We did rock climbing. I was kind of the old guy, like leading rock climbing, uh, doing, I mean, geez, I was cooking doing dishes, housekeeping. I mean, I was doing it also. And then she was doing the horses and then uh, we got put together pickaxing trenches and I threw a cow pie at her and she threw one back and I knew it was
0: love. So Knew it was love. <laughs> threw a little bit of crap on her and she yeah. went with yeah. it. So hey, if she can take it being thrown at her, yeah. there you go. <laughs> it's a sign from God. So yeah. that's good. And so y'all Y'all kinda met there and then if I remember correctly, she went back and finished up school yep. and then eventually you made your way into fracking. So tell tell us a little bit about that because I know you had kind of been looking for multiple options and you know, you and I were talking previously, you know, you grew up in a middle class background similar to me. Um, and then this this fracking opportunity came available. And, you know, frankly, man, one of the things I have so much respect for you is a lot of people aren't willing to kind of take a a job pathway that they didn't grow up around, right? Like you jumped into a blue collar field and have built an incredible career around it. So w- oh, yeah. what was it that kind of motivated you to take that lead?
1: Oh man. I, uh, yes, I graduated in 2009, I went out, I did this thing at the camp and ranch center, but, um, I mean that kind of came to an end, um, uh, multiple different reasons, but, uh, and I didn't have anything after that. Um, I had to go home and live with my parents for a little while. And I was like, I just as a man, I can't, I can't do this. Like I have got to get you know, got to get my feet under me. I've got to be a man, you know? So, yeah. um, I was looking for anything. I spent about four months, four to six months, somewhere in there looking for a job. Yeah. And I was man, I just, I, I, I couldn't find anything. I got on Craigslist. That's how I found this job. <laughs> you yep. put it on Craigslist. And uh, they said, "Do uh, you want to try the oil field?" And I said, "At this point, yeah, I'll do whatever." So, um, jumped into the oil field and uh, learned how to grow up quick. Man, that whew, every day getting getting your ass handed to you it was uh, it was rough to get at the start there. So
0: sure. when you you jump straight in and you're a green hat. So for for folks that aren't familiar with you know certain blue collar you know lines of work you know there's being green is a term you use for a new guy that has to learn the ropes kind of earn his keep learn the role yeah. um put up with some of the shit that you know the older guys don't want to deal with so i mean kind of in terms of that i mean you're hitting the face with it right they're testing you to see if you can you know you know hold your own but you were swinging like a nine pound hammer at one point like right yeah. out of the gate
1: eight, eight pound hammers all day long yeah it was uh yeah you learn real quick how not to get your feelings hurt because if you had- <laughs> If you don't have a thick skin, man, whoo, you'll get run off quick. But yeah, it was a it was a hard learning experience for me, uh, just from where I've been in life. But um, yeah, I mean, it just it gets in you, and honestly, I don't know what else I'd do at this point in my life. I I you know I enjoy it, I love it, and it's just it gets to be a part of you. It's it's I don't know even how to describe it to somebody. It's just something you gotta experience is just yeah there's
0: nothing like it once it's there it's an itch that never goes away
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: yeah I, i've yeah. heard that you know um you know where we go pheasant hunting here and again we're, we're 31 days away brother can't good wait. for us <laughs> uh can't wait but um you know mike up there at the lodge you know they did a lot of stuff with your current company if you remember we yeah. talked about that last year and um man it, it's just something that you know he he's talked about really influenced him and Um, And what he does now, Mike's Mike's been a career lineman uh, and, you know, we're going to bring him on the podcast here while we're up there this year. But, you know, he's talked in the past to me about just, you know, being able to drive past something that he's built, you know, a massive power line trail and being able to say, hey, I built that. And that that feeling of just like I want to keep doing that never leaves him. He tells me that frequently. So, oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Just being able to drive by and be like, I fracked that pad. I fracked that pad. It's yeah. I mean, it's it's cool to be able to show your kids too, and you know, and I've, you know, they can't get out of the truck when I take them into work, but I've taken them into work sometimes and just driven around, you know. Yeah. They just think it's so cool. Like they, yeah, it's kind of cool. cool to be able to show two little boys.
0: <laughs> yeah, get them excited for it and start them early, right? So. Yeah. What when you when you started fracking, right? When you got your green hat, you know, you're learning the ropes, earning your keep you know, if, you know, you were a two week on one week off guy, so you're seven days a week, 14 days straight work for two weeks. And then you get that one week off. So how quickly, cause you, you eventually moved up to crew leader, uh, which is like a, as a field manager. So how quickly from getting your green hat and starting with you first organization, did you work up to becoming a crew leader?
1: So, uh, my first crew lead job, it was about two and a half years in. Um, yeah, that was at a time in North Dakota, man. It was like, it was the wild, wild west out there. There were murders and people, like they had, I remember at Walmart, they wouldn't even stock the shelves in Williston, North Dakota. They would just roll pallets out and you'd just grab whatever off of a pallet. They had these little plastic huts out in the parking lot. People would pay like $300 a night and just had a bed in it and they'd just sleep in that, like 300 and night wild up there. And so there was a lot of turnover too. So lasting two and a half years in North Dakota was kind of unheard of. Like I just I just straight up outlasted everybody. <laughs> <And> so I'm <laughs> you know, just dumb. I don't know. But um I just stayed in it. It paid off for me up there. But getting married and everything right at the end of that, I I really wanted to get out of that kind of a schedule or at least out of because we were living in Colorado at the time so I wanted to um come down here there's oil field down here so I was trying anything to get down here in Colorado so
0: yeah so when you y'all got married at the kind of the tail end of your your first dip into fracking which was in North Dakota so what what's that like you know being you know being a new husband you know trying to manage that relationship with your bride How's that? You know, just jumping I'm, into it. And obviously, she's dealing with it too.
1: Oh man, it was. I mean, I'm I'm glad we still had the pitter patter and warm feelings towards each other because there's no way it would have. I mean, yeah. I was working. There was so for like six months straight up there. I was working legit twenty hour days. I would come home or get back to the hotel. I would put my meal in the microwave while I took a shower and then talk to my wife while I was eating my meal 15 minutes and that was it like and and then she um for a while there she came up and lived with my grandma and my uncle in North Dakota just to be closer which I mean it was a huge sacrifice on her part mm-hmm. um but man she sacrificed a ton um I'm not going to say it was easy I mean you know, there's been several times that our marriage has been on the ropes quite frankly, and it's because of my job and it's it's tough um, I've looked for other things sometimes and I can't really you know I haven't had luck when I have, but uh yeah it's it was it was really trying on our marriage um two and two or two and one schedule, two and two um, which I went to a few years ago was a little better, and then now I'm a weekday only schedule, which is, um, a lot better, um, just in terms of family time. But yeah, man, that two and one, it was, especially being in North Dakota. It was, I don't know how she, how she put up with it.
0: Well, you know, man, it's, I, you know, Megan and I have had, have certainly had our, our struggles and, you know, definitely, you know. I've, you know, we we've had our we've had our disagreements, and we've had our, you know, moments where we've had to to work to keep the focus on one another, and you know that I I think anyone that tries to sell this idea on Instagram and social media or the brag board as I like to call it, yeah. you know, just this this bullshit of like, hey, everything's perfect. No, it's not, man. Everything's a is a grind, and you know I'm reminded constantly. It's like if you if you want a good relationship, you you've got to create the good relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And it's and it's easy for me, man, in my, in my particular role to get lost in it because like you, even though I'm not a necessarily a physically demanding job, I'm mentally exhausted every single night and, you know, working night hours, you know, I, I can see my wife, you know, for about 45 minutes in the morning and maybe 10 minutes before she falls asleep at night, right? So I, right. I, my, my time with my wife is on the weekend and my kids. And so it's, you know, for me where I found out where I was kind of falling short personally was I wasn't putting priority on my, my wife and kids on the weekends. Right. So I would be dragging ass. I'd be, you know, just exhausted, not wanting to engage. And and I finally kind of made a realization or had a realization that, you know, the weekend time, that's my wife and kids time with me. And, you know, during the week, if I, you know, don't have other responsibilities, if I want to take some time and just sit on my ass, then fine. But when, when I'm fully available to my kids, I have to be fully available to my kids and my wife. And when I finally had that realization, you would think we would all think of that immediately. But when I realized how to be more prioritizing of, or to excuse me, to prioritize my time a little bit better and focus on my family when they're more available, you know, my relationship really improved. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and and we all go through it, man. I mean, it's like you have a unique schedule. I mean, your wife has a very unique schedule. I'm assuming with her training regiment with all the horses she trains and you've got two boys, which hats off, dude. I mean, two boys alone. I know y'all are just busy as hell, but, uh, what was it like, you know, kind of getting into that management role and then and then were were you in a management role when you had your first child, or did you get there after
1: um yeah, so I was in a uh management role when I had my first kid, but I was still on a two and one schedule, but I was in Colorado
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um man yeah it was a it was a really tough time for me and my wife in terms of our relationship um uh, just working as many hours as I was um and,
0: uh, yeah, I mean,
1: having our first kid, you know, definitely made me really, um, I guess want to try to slow down or just be more present, I guess, Yeah, um, there at the house and then just kind of made, I guess both of us realize like, Hey, like maybe, you know, maybe, maybe time together, maybe time with the kid, like let's, let's get together on this. Let's prioritize this. And, um, yeah, we went through some, uh, marriage counseling. I mean, um, worked on our relationship, tried to work on communication, um, was a big thing. Just, um, making sure that we're working together in everything, you know, um, no matter what the, what the situation comes up or let's talk it through. and then yeah, I mean now, you know, with my five day a week schedule, we it's nice we come together in the evenings, we you know, go through our day, have some good conversation, you know, relax with each other. It's it's gotten to a, a lot healthier place. But um I mean, yeah, just in that tough schedule, um, it was just a lot of work just trying to make um make each other a priority, make our kids a priority. Um, yeah, my firstborn kid, he was he was a tough kid too, man. He was up; he didn't sleep a night for the first eighteen months. It was uh, we, we, we went a little insane. Like we were we, we were hallucinating. I mean, it was just it was crazy. It was nuts. Yeah, an hour and a half, two hours of sleep a night. Um, yeah, we. I mean. Thank God I've got a hardworking wife who's, uh, man, she's stubborn as the day is long. She will, and, you know, she's dedicated to our marriage, and um, we're both willing to put in the work is really what it comes down to.
0: Man, I, I'm blessed with the same, man. You know, I've, yep. my wife is stubborn in the fact that is dedicated to our marriage no matter what, and uh, yep. I'm very, very fortunate. And I, um, sometimes it's easy to overlook that. And uh, it's something I try not to and and, um, it's a special thing. What um, you know, for you, how do you try to prioritize your time? How, How do you track your time and how do you try to prioritize your time, both family first, obviously that's the whole focus of what we talk about here, but how do you prioritize your family? And then when it comes to your work life and your work schedule, how do you, you know, keep yourself focused so you can perform at a high level there?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, my day to day, I'm huge on, I have to, uh, I am a routine guy. If I, you know, I, I like to have a routine every day. I mean, my wife makes fun of me sometimes too. She, cause a lot of times I'll just eat the same thing for every meal, every day, you know, just, I mean, I, I love routine. So, I mean, typically I'll wake up 4am and I want to hit the gym in the morning. Like, that's just like, like my me time, you know, like that just gets my mind right for the day. Um, I'll go in there. Um, usually spend about an hour and a half, two hours there, come back home, um, help my wife getting the kids ready for school, um, getting them on their way. And then I start my day after the kids head off to school. Um, I immediately, you know, we'll head out to location um, and get with my guys um, and my right now I'm like kind of overseeing the crew leads. So my, my day to day is more just, making sure that things on, on location are going the way that they should. So I, my work every day is pretty flexible just based on what's happening. You know, if, you know, if we're having an issue here or there, I mean, usually my days are kind of open-ended in terms of work, but um, yeah. So, I mean, just, man, there's all kinds of things that come up or whatever. And then, um, (laughs) Yeah. And then at the end of my work day, I usually, you know, come home, have some dinner with, try to, try to have dinner with the family unless it's been a long day, you know, yeah. I can't make it home. But, and then, um, try to, I try to make it intentional to sit down with my wife, go through the day, go through the next day. Um, you know, I typically just ask her, you know, like, how, how are you, how are you feeling today? Like, how are you like, you know, that's, um something that i try to you know and i there's always things you can do better on but um that's something i can try to uh i try to ask her and be intentional about just just getting a read on where she's at mentally emotionally spiritually um yeah just open it up and uh try to have good conversation sometimes we'll watch a tv show sometimes not but at the end of the day the most important thing is just sitting down with her and seeing where she's at um yeah. And then having a little bit of time with the kids too. I mean, before they go off to bed, but we try and send our kids to bed early, man, like before 8 PM. So at least we get an hour or two together because usually I'm in bed by nine, but um, yeah, that way we just get some time together. I know a lot of people though, you know, they're like, Oh, we we put our kids to bed at nine, ten, at night. I'm like, man, I couldn't like, I want to be with my wife. I don't, you know, that's, that's the first most important relationship. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a huge thing for us too. We're pretty intentional about
0: that as well. Yeah. You know, Megan and I try to be, especially on the weekends, that's, you know, when I get my most time, obviously we try to get the kids in bed by eight and then, you know, we'll, on Saturday night, we'll both stay up late. Um, you know, she's normally asleep by, you know, 10 at the latest during the work week, but we'll basically stay up till midnight on Saturday nights, just trying to, you know, get as much time together as possible. So I, I get that, and you know, it's funny you mentioned prioritizing and really getting that time. And I saw something the other day I was reading, and it was talking about how I forget it was somewhere online, but this individual was talking about how where she felt the difference in the connection with her husband was when he would sit down if she was having a moment, right? If she was kind of venting, she was stressed about something. What made her feel more secure, and maybe secure is the wrong word, but made made the situation. Better is her husband would ask, "Do you want me to help you, or do you just want me to listen and be an ear, right?" And it's like that help question is like, "Do you need a coach to help you coach through this, right, as your teammate, or do you just need me to shut the hell up and let you vent and get it all out, right, and and don't say anything, right?" And and for me, sometimes in those moments where I catch myself is like, "I'm the coach. Like, well, you got to do A and B, and (laughs) and and and, because I just I don't know, like I just I was trying to help, right? That's that's my natural reaction is try to help or fix." Um and, and that really struck me and that's something I'm trying to work on and, and I only read it like four days ago and in those last four days, I've really been trying to work on that. So in that intentional time that we have together, you know, it's like if she brings something up, it's like, hey, what what do I need to be here, right? So that that's cool that y'all are doing that. What, um you know, for you guys, like how do y'all set aside time for you? Like you mentioned working out, right? Like, and you've always been a really fit guy. You could freaking take on a, you know, two ton truck, I think. But at the end of the day, like, you know, you get that four AM workout in, you know, I typically get a workout in the morning and then I get a run or a walk in in the afternoons. Um, aside from your workout, how else do you make time for yourself? Not 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 your bride, not your kids, but how do you make time for yourself to kind of get that mental reset?
1: Well, so real quick going back to the um listening thing, so something too. So with me, I have always heard that like you just want to listen to women and, um, you know, like they don't necessarily want your help. Um, I actually have the opposite problem to where I will sit and listen to my wife and then she'll actually be looking for me to offer some advice and I won't offer advice. And then she'll have to finally be like, you got anything like and then i'll say something <laughs> and she's like oh well that's really good advice thank you for finally sharing <laughs> so it's uh so like it's kind of funny cuz yeah i've always heard that too but then you know it's it's always a balance man it's like sometimes sometimes they genuinely do um want that but it's a, it's a fine line and you got to be able to read it and i
0: well like, I, I, I think that them.
1: Most men probably suck at reading.
0: Exactly, think. I think exa- you took the words out of my mouth. I think it goes to show that we as men will never be able to read exactly what our wives or our <laughs> you know spouses you know are thinking. So for all of you that may be listening, treat us please as if we're completely ignorant and tell us exactly what's on your mind. We would appreciate I mean, it.
1: Yeah, and then if you do want advice, just ask for it. You know, you know? then I'll give her some. And, you know, then it's. Great, but anyway, going back to the um, personal time. So yeah, gym in the morning is a huge thing for me. Um, I, I've discovered that if I wake up with my kids, because um, they just wake up a hundred thousand miles an hour, they're mm. uh, screaming, fighting, kicking the. I mean, they're crazy in the morning. Like mm-hmm. they just wake up, wound up, ready to go. So that that time for me, just with quiet, and and then go to the gym and. You know eat my breakfast in peace is huge. Um I love hiking more than anything else in the world. Um and that's something you know I whenever I'm getting I don't know real bogged down and whatever my wife will tell me go get go take a hike, you know, um go up to the mountains and um that's that's a huge thing for me. I love hiking 14ers. Um still working on all of them. I don't I think about like
0: 21 how many 90, are there in Colorado
1: there's 53
0: 53 so for yeah. for those of you that may not know hiking the Colorado 14ers is a big deal these are mountains in Colorado that are over 14,000 square feet and um I know some folks only try to do summer summits some folks try to do both summer and winter summits yeah. um I mean that yeah. that's awesome so but you're 21 I mean you're almost halfway there man yeah so.
1: um so I love yeah man just being out, um, I'm an introverted guy. I love to just silence is, oh man, I love it. Yeah. But, um, so that's a huge thing for me. Um, and then, yeah, just, I mean, the hunting trip every year, that's another one. <laughs> you know, like, yep. That's, yep. I, I I look forward to that. I mean, ever since we did it last year, but, um, those are the, the biggest things for me. Um, I'm, yeah. I just telling Telling my wife the other day, I'm just super excited for when my kids are a little older and I can take them out uh, hiking, camping, yeah. and then eventually when, you know, they're older and they can go hunting with us too, that'll be... They're coming. I'm just, I can't wait.
0: Man, that's going to be our trip, man. It's going to be, oh, yeah. you know, you, Taylor, Trip, myself, any any other guys that we have joined, like in our kids, brother, like that's that's what I'm praying this turns into long-term is that we just make it this whole, you know, annual kind of adventure, so... What yeah. do you do? Any reading? Do you, I mean, do you read it all in your free time?
1: Oh, man, I would love. Jeez, I I should. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh, man, uh, I've been working on you know just um, some biographies about the presidents, and then I try and do some um, I don't know some motivational reading sometimes. Yeah. But I mean, I. <laughs> it's, it's a struggle for sure. I don't read nearly as much as I could or should. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's one of those things. It's got to get in in the day. And a lot of times I just don't get it in.
0: I hear you brother. I hear me. It's like anything it, it it costs time to do, but it's, it's definitely worth it when you have the time. You know, reason I ask is, and I've been wanting to ask you this for a long time. When you were in college, did you ever read meditations by Marcus Aurelius at all? I mean, did you ever look into any do you, any work um, into stoicism at all
1: no I um I don't believe I ever read that one no
0: it's just you've always been a very stoic and and just kind of you know centered person to me and it's just I've always kind of you know perhaps it's wrong of me to say this but I've always just kind of like pinged you as being this guy that's just very and I've always wondered in the last couple of years like I wonder if Luke's ever kind of you know gone down the stoicism kind of Rabbit hole, just because you always hold yourself in the moment, very calm and collected. And frankly, man, like that's something that if more people could be that way, I feel like we'd have a much more balanced society. People get worked up over the smallest things, but you know. And, and the reason I'm bringing this up is, in your role as a manager, you deal with a lot of uh, a lot of stuff. And uh, I won't go into too many details because I don't know your comfort level. But you've recently dealt with a fairly large. Uh, situation at your office. uh that led to a couple of things having to change, but how do you handle adversity, you know, with the guys that you're responsible for? How how do you handle adversity in those moments? And, you know, how do you, you know, kind of prepare yourself for those moments uh, as they come?
1: Um, yeah. So well, first touching on the whole uh, stoicism thing, I actually, um, uh, this, these two Bible verses for me are just like, Kind of what I aspire to live to. Um, I actually have them tattooed on my arm, but um, 1 Thessalonians four eleven and 12, it says, make it your aim. Well, hold on, let me get a different translation here, because this one is uh, a little goofy. It says, uh, make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. Then the people who are not believ- believers will respect the way you live, and you will not need to depend on others. Um, Love that. I don't know. That's like something that has always been huge for me. Um, just in my personal life, what I aspire to live to, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm a very, uh, independent person. I like to just get it done on my own if I can do it. And, uh, I don't know. Yeah. those, ever since I read those, I've just like, man, that hits home for me.
0: Mm-hmm. But, um,
1: Sorry, what was your other question? I'm sorry.
0: How how do you kind of prepare yourself? Like, kind of bringing that stoicism question, right? Like, your how you maintain kind of control in the moment so well. How oh, yeah. you know that has to be able to influence your abilities as a manager, right? Because you do deal with some some rather unique situations from time to time.
1: Right. So, I mean, um, man, I yeah, just well, making a mental um, mental break, I guess, from the situation, just telling myself, like, just backing away from it. Um, uh, whatever feelings, uh, arise, just trying to, I don't know, just, I mean, like a a few episodes you talked about just putting up a wall. That's kind of Mm -hmm. what I do. Um, just I, I just put up a wall between myself and the situation and then it's just business so like if mm-hmm. i have to handle something major i just look here's what happened here's what you did and here's the consequence and that's it i mean i have nothing nothing more to say a lot of people um it's hard uh doing that because uh just in general i'm uh not um: Sometimes I'm not the warmest person, so guys, so guys, uh, the guys that I work with, it's funny, man. Like grown men getting their feelings hurt over, like you walking You're like, if I have something, I'm a very single track-minded person. If I have mm-hmm. something on my mind, like, I'll blow, blow by you and not say anything, and it's not because I'm mad at you or whatever. But how many grown men have come to me and like, Are you
0: mad at me? like? Yep. You know, like
1: really. (laughs) Yep. But um, yeah, so I mean, doing that, um, a huge kind of statement that stuck with me, and then that I put on my guys is whatever you tolerate, you promote, Hmm. and your opinion matters. So if you see something that one of your guys is doing, or if that you aren't 100% good with, or you have just the smallest problem with it, you better say something, otherwise that's what you are actively promoting. Go and faster. if you actively promote that, the um just how quickly it will corrode a crew, it will corrode the job, it will just tear everything apart. Um to be excellent in everything, um you have to know, you know, what you're willing to tolerate and if if you have the slightest problem with something that's going on, you better deal with it right now. Otherwise it will tear everything apart. And I've learned that lesson the hard way so many times, you know, giving somebody um, maybe some, some undeserved slack on something thinking, Oh, you know, this will mean something to them. This will actually help, you know, their mindset or whatever. No, nope. If if you don't enforce that with guys, um, at least in my job, um, I have found that it will come bite back to bite you with a vengeance. Like you deal with it, and you deal with it now. It's um, yeah, that's been a huge thing, just being on top of it as, as soon as you see something.
0: Yeah, I think I think one of the things that I would love to see more organizations do is actually enforce their you know, enforce their employment policies, you know, and I've seen too many people just given a long leash and that leash just seems to have an infinite run to it and, and problems continue. I mean, I've been unfortunately witness to, you know, individuals that, you know, create large problems, they become the ones that are promoted because I don't know for what reasons, but even though upper management might know that these individuals create problems, they almost promote them out of fear, right? Like yeah. as if, if we don't take this person, it'll cause a, or promote this person will cause a bigger issue. And for me, it's, you know, trim the fat. I, I would love to see more organizations be, you know, quick to make a move. And I guess with modern society and, you know, I'm not afraid to, say, to you know share my beliefs here. I'm, I'm not a woke guy at all. Don't believe in it at all. Um, yeah. Just this kind of <sighs> dealing with everybody's emotions. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, both as a father and a husband, and as an employee, I have three different roles, right? And at work, this is about a business. And if if my team can't perform, or if somebody's not rising to the rising to the standard, and we've given them the tools and, and the training necessary to be successful, and they're not utilizing it, why are we keeping this person around? Because right. they're going to start jibber jabbering, and it's going to fester to other or- members of the organization. And it's going to lead to, you know, greater issues. And I mean, I agree with you, man. I I think, you know, more, more, you know, managers, mid-level guys, you know, you know, more senior managers, they need to be empowered by, you know, the C-suite executives to step in and make, you know, make, you know, moves and decisions to eliminate potential problems before they grow to be bigger. And I just don't see enough organizations doing that.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's a big thing too. Um, again, I was having a conversation with my wife the other day, um, just talking about like when you manage people, it's funny because, um, like you'll, like I was saying, you'll give someone slack on something and they they actually respect you less. Um, people with a caveat, most normal people, (laughs) um, if you put pressure on them and I've, I've certainly fallen. If you put pressure on me, I will respond to that so well because, you know, I would say most normal people, um, they're they're not actually looking. In the moment, they might be looking for sympathy or whatever, but actually, like in the long run, putting a little bit of more pressure on them, they it 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 even helps morale. Like I can't even Mm -hmm. explain. Why or how but it helps morale like it's it's the weirdest thing you would think that um being a little bit hard on somebody would just you know break them down but it actually builds them up and it, it kind of like mm-hmm. makes them take more pride and you know i see this in myself too and i don't know how or why it works be some part of you know the human condition or whatever i don't know but um and that's what i found too man like You think you're doing somebody a favor by cutting them slack, but you're actually not. Like They would respond far better if you just identified the issue in them, pointed it out to them, and then push them to get past that. And then it just builds so much more work ethic, character, Mm -hmm. morale, everything in them and in your crew.
0: I think you just answered your question right there as to why it stimulates better morale because you, you stimulated growth. That yeah. was personal growth that you forced this person to acquire by making them rise to the occasion and fix their, you know, fix their problem, fix a mistake, or fix their performance. And personally speaking, when, when I've been held to a, a higher standard, or, or you know, I, associate, I call it tough love, like my old man used to give me, you know, and I see myself now performing at a better level, like I become more, more confident. And g- gaining more confidence, not in an arrogant manner, but gaining more confidence makes me happier. Right. And that mm-hmm. always improved me. So I totally understand where you're coming from on that, because I think you're you're teaching, you know, how to come, excuse me, how to overcome, you know, an adverse situation and, and find new ability that someone may have not believed they had before.
1: And and going bigger picture with this whole woke culture crap. You have a bunch of people that have never. Experienced. um somebody pushing them, everybody, like everybody is just, Oh, just be empathetic, be sympathetic. Um, just, you know, try to understand where they're at and meet them there and don't ever, don't ever, you know, ruffle any feathers with them. And then, but at the end of the day, day, I'm a firm believer that, you know, the truth about yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, so big picture part, you know, on a global scale or a United States scale, it's like, well, no wonder we're having a problem with so much depression and stuff, because you know the truth about yourself. If you've never pushed yourself, if you've never been pushed, and you know that you're not even coming close to achieving what you can achieve, Mm -hmm. you can blame it on whatever. But you know that about yourself, and you're going to feel terrible about yourself. And it's, you know, I, I feel like so many people are just afraid to push or identify things in each other. It's just the whole iron sharpens iron thing. Uh-huh. If we just have a bunch of, you know, softies running around, not saying anything to each other, nobody's, you know, nobody's being pushed. Everybody's just kind of sitting in their crap. And yep. it, it just, no wonder you're depressed, you know? <laughs> it's like, hey
0: man, I mean, I think you're spot on. I mean, <laughs> I, being that I basically have my days to myself, I can tell you the difference in my my own mental headspace. When I get off my ass and I get up, get outside and I apply myself, I do something physical. I, you know, I handle business around the house, whether it be replacing some landscape that died in a late freeze, right. Or if I'm, you know, doing something in the house to do some home improvement, you know, try to do home value, you know, increase, you know, kind of types of projects versus watching Netflix and doing nothing but sit there and just, you know, be a slug. and that mental headspace difference, that stimulation is, I mean, I'll admit it. I get depressed when I sit at home and do nothing, right? Like I, um, on hell on my birthday, I, I had an overwhelming, an overwhelming uh, case of depression that came out of nowhere on my birthday. Not because I was turning 36. I, I don't know what the hell it was. Age, getting older does not bother me, right? Dying does not bother me. I know where I'm going, right? So at the end of the day, it's like, okay. Well, it, I, I'm excited as I get older because I get to do, I think, and hopefully, Lord willing, you know, more cool stuff. But um, the, for whatever reason, I just became super depressed, and I, and I don't know why. And, and I think it was I was just sitting at home all day, and I didn't get to do anything until late that afternoon when my kids got home. And I don't know. And I, the next day, though, I was outside. I was active. I was doing all this stuff, and I, I was happy. And, and I've never felt as depressed as I was in that moment for that day. I mean, it was, it was overwhelming. And I'm not a I'm not a person that really struggles with, with mental health or depression or anything like that. Um, I have family members that do, so I'm I'm not trying to make light of it. It's a real thing. Yeah. But that single difference of getting up off my ass, getting active, and getting out and interacting with people, massive change for me in that. And I agree with you, man. It's if you allow someone to sit, if you don't try to stimulate somebody, one day is a difference maker. And and I'm I'm stealing that because I was watching the the Joe Rogan podcast several years ago, still do. Um yeah. and he had a, a gentleman by the name of uh, Pat Matnamara that's a, a self-defense pr- firearms instructor, um former Tier 1 unit guy and um uh, guy's over 50 plus years old just ripped like a freaking, you know, collegiate linebacker and um you know, he's dealing with, you know, my understanding from what I've seen about him on social media, he's dealing with some just constant pain that he, you know, deals with and his choice is either I can just let that pain happen or I can sit and work out consistently and 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 make the best of the day and, and what he was saying on the Joe Rogan podcast is someone just needs one good day, and that one good day could completely change their outlook in the rest of their life and and i I get it because that one day difference is a difference right and it's like you went from I went from personally feeling like just crap and, and to feeling like I could take on the world. And it's yeah. just that, you know, not not being willing to settle in the moment, finding new opportunities to try to grow, finding new ways to kind of stimulate your mind, mm-hmm. you're going to help yourself. And I think as, as men, we have to hold each other accountable to that because I don't think enough of us are. Like in I... Moments,
1: I mean, that's like one of my biggest frustrations with like the church right now mm-hmm. is there's nobody... There's nobody at the church willing to call me on my crap, and I need that, and I know that I need that, and you know, as men, that's—I mean—that's one of the biggest things that we can do for each other and for our, you know, for our families, raising sons. I mean, I—I'm—I can be kind of hard on my sons, but it's because I want them to be leaders. I want them to be strong. I want them to be protectors. I want them to be providers. You know, that's, that's no small responsibility and it's, you know, and especially with the world that they're coming into too. It's like, man.
0: of a lot harder than what we had.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a a huge thing that I feel like missing today and, and, and in the church is one of my biggest frustrations is like, where are the men, you know, like, come on.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest with you, dude. I, and I have no problem admitting this where Megan and I have been struggling in our marriage is I have not led the church the church search as well as I should have. I've I've been kind of unsatisfied with kind of what I've found in certain churches and I've been hesitant, you know, hesitant to engage and and I want, you know, I want to engage in in a, a community, you know, with my family, but I've been very hesitant based upon some of the stuff I've read and heard some certain church leaders saying and it's a problem. And and some of that's my own issues that I I have to get over because the the value of having that, you know, that relationship with, you know, God, not just in amongst our household, but with other believers that I just don't think that's equal personally. And and I need to be taking a better charge of leading that. But I agree with you. I think there's, I think there are many aspects that are lacking from men as believers. Um, It's funny. It's so funny. We're talking about this because you know, when Taylor and I were talking, Taylor and which unfortunately we have we have to re-record because of a glitch, but um Taylor brought up this this idea of you have your own personal board, right? And Taylor essentially has a, a group of men that he would consider like his board of advisors. So if he's having that tough situation or if he needs to seek advice or opinion, he's got a trusted group of guys that he'll pick up the phone to. And it's you know, three to five people total right? No. Having that in your life is imperative. And, and and something that came out of that conversation too. And I'm saying this for anybody listening. Sometimes we're in my own personal life where I've struggled is not, you know, I reach a milestone. What I don't realize in the moment's a milestone and I don't have the answer. And I'm like, man, I feel like a bad father. And, and when when Taylor brought up this idea of having your own personal board, it really stuck with me because, hey man, like I haven't reached this part of fatherhood before. Right? So like, if I'm having a, a, a moment where you know I'm, I'm I'm struggling to get something or make a decision or struggling to kind of you know illustrate how to do something properly for one of my kids, but I haven't been there before, why am I getting mad at myself? It's like you use your board, reach out to those guys that may be a little bit older than you and, and have been through this before and see how they've perhaps handled those certain situations, but guys that you trust right, right? not not some acquaintance right, right? guys that Guys, that if they picked up the phone and called you and said, "Hey, brother, I need you. Get your ass here." You're going to pick up and do it. That's who's on your board. So, do you? I mean, how do you kind of look at that, right? Like, how how do you look at trying to find those those men in your life and identifying those guys?
1: Yeah, I mean, man, that's been a struggle for me. It's something that I want, something that I need, that I know I need. But finding somebody dependable, you know, that uh, that is hard nosed and it'll shoot you straight that uh, it's hard to find those people. And it's, it's just I, like, honestly, like to find somebody consistent like that, I haven't, I haven't really, you know, um, found that. And, and, you know, maybe that's, I don't know, put a one out or something. <laughs> I don't know, but, <laughs> but uh, no, I don't, you know, it's, it's hard. Um And, you know, the guys at work, don't necessarily share the same beliefs as me, you know? So it's, uh, yeah, it's it's just I, like, like I said, I mean, the, the place that I would like to find that would be like a church, but I just don't find it in churches. It's just, it's frustrating. It's, yeah. I don't know, you know, and I don't know what the, maybe I just need to take leadership in that and start, start something, you know, with some, other men, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, frankly, I mean, if I'm being honest, I hope that's what this turns into, right? Yeah. I I would love to see, I'm not doing this for cloud. I'm not doing this for, you know, anything other than bring awareness to the fact that, you know, as fathers, we're all going through something. No one's got it perfectly figured out. I mean, I I know someone, I've never met the the gentleman, but I I know someone I went to high school with that, you know, husband is in, you know, very large financial capital firm, does extremely well there he's going through something right and it's you know everybody doesn't matter how how successful you are we're all going through something and and we all need that we all kind of need that that sounding board of men that will step up and and call you on your bs right Mm -hmm. but that can also instead of breaking you down break you down but also give you helpfully not like rudely right but but give you you know Help and guidance on what you can choose, options you might have, and that's valuable. And I'd love to see this grow into that over a period of time, to where you know guys that want to have a deeper part of this conversation, you know, maybe we can create a community and and stimulate that conversation. I'd love for that to happen. Yeah. So
1: I mean, and yeah, this is a great start. I think everybody—it's something that everybody needs in their life. I just need to figure out how to make it happen in mine. You know, it's it's, you know, I definitely identify that need, but.
0: Well, I mean, I, I think too, like we're, we're all in different stages, right? So it's, you're, you're trying, you and I are kind of in a similar stage. It sounds like, and don't let me put words in your mouth, brother, but it's like, you, you're looking for that kind of more, you know, you know, mature connect, mental connection with, with other men. Cause you know, we, yeah. you need your, your, your men's group, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm needing that, but I'm also needing to get my family. I'm needing to step up to the bar and really take a better leadership role, plugging my family back into a particular church. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's there's always gonna be things that are influencing our decisions and what what is you're not gonna find it a perfect answer. I'm not gonna find the perfect church. You're you're not gonna find the perfect group of guys ever. So what what is the priority for you? What yeah. are the main attributes you're looking for and being able to, you know, find, you know, the answers you're looking for? And you know, I think that's that's where I'm trying to start. You know, slowly, I'm not, I'm not going to do it overnight, but slowly, yeah. but what for you, I want to circle back for something, you know, you know, I have two daughters and I just had a son.
1: Yeah.
0: You, you mentioned you're going to be hard on your boys and and that made me think to myself, I'm going to be harder on my son than I am my girls, because yeah. I do think that there's a, not that they have, that men have a greater responsibility. Women have their own significant responsibilities. I'm not trying to say one is greater than the other. But I, I do think that that level of protection that we as men, I, I would say most of us feel called to provide. I think it does take a little bit of a harder upbringing. So our children do have the right expectations of life and what's ahead of them. It's not a blue sky every day, right? Yeah. I'm not trying to be negative. not I'm not trying to be a glass half empty kind of guy. But setting real expectations for our kids and how to you know be present in those moments instead of running from those moments so how are you slowly doing that as as your boys start to get a little bit older
1: so one of the big things um again recent conversations i've been having with my wife um that you know and this all like a lot of my introspection and self-thought comes during my workouts again if you aren't working out like i cannot recommend it enough you think for like get internal thoughts down, you know, like it's, it's a great time. But, um, I was thinking as I was beating my brains out on the Stairmaster the other day. Oh, you're um, brave. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm killing my legs. But, uh, I was, I was like, man, like I really need to be intentional with my boys about milestones. And this is something at work too. Um, that I think adds, adds pride in people. Um, like if they you know like at work if if somebody hits a hits a milestone or um you know has has taken a step forward like a huge thing is recognizing that so yeah. with my boys that's something huge um i wanna take a um uh, that I've been thinking of is like i wanna take a take a time out you know I was talking with my wife about when my son turns eight next year, I want to give, you know, give him his first pocket knife, you know? And like, this is going to be something huge for him. Just to impress upon him, like, Hey, like you're becoming a man and you know, you're expected to provide, take care of defend, you know? Um, And that, like you were saying, that's not to say that you're any better than a woman or anything, but I believe that that's your role as a man is, it, uh, in a family and everything like you're responsible for your family and so just teach them responsibility in intentional ways um milestones being a big thing um again with the whole what do you tolerate you promote if if you know if your kid is you know leaving trash around the house or just mm-hmm. just little things that yeah I, I could go pick that wrapper up or whatever but um that's like been you know just just small things like hey like you know, day to day, every day, you need to make sure that you're cleaning up after yourself. You're responsible for yourself. Like, these are huge things. And that's not to say that we can't have fun and we wrestle and we have a great time. But when it comes down to business, like, you need to, you need to, you know, do things. And we're going to start doing some chores for them. Um that has been something we've been talking about, getting getting some of those things. I mean, living where we do, it's a great opportunity for them as well. You know, take yeah. care of the chickens, picking eggs, you know, feeding horses. Um, It's just the little things throughout the day that I'm trying to impress upon them. Like every little thing matters. Um, It's all important. And this is just, you know, part of being a man. You got to step up and everything.
0: Well, and it all adds up, right? Because yeah. if if they don't go through, and this is a personal opinion, but if if you don't go through growth stages right, and and you don't learn how you're going to react mentally, if you don't learn how you're going to react physically in certain situations, then you're not going to be able to handle yourself and and, and during times of real adversity. Right? Yeah. And um, I mean, you know, we started. You know, my oldest is only four. You know, they she now makes the the table. You know, and um, her little sister is starting to help. Her little sister's still a little short. <laughs> Uh, yeah. It's a little short to help there, but we're doing what we can. Cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, man. Like kids need that responsibility. And one of the things, and, and this just came up in my head just now, you know, you talked about, you know, giving a pocket knife. One of the things that I'm trying to teach my kids is the importance of time. And, and you know, I talk about it all the time. It's just something that's very valuable, and important to me. And, and and that came from my father having me in his mid forties. You know, my dad's birthday would be tomorrow. He would have been 80 and uh, so, the value of time and what we have on Earth together is important to me. But also prioritizing it and teaching your kids, hey, if you do this now, if you pick up as you go, you have more time to go do the things, the fun things that you really want to be doing. That time frame doesn't get cut short. And I think you're doing a great job of starting that now because they're going to learn that. And I don't think a lot of, I don't want to speak for other people, but I, I can tell you in my job how I interact with people on a daily basis the amount of kids today that I interact with, they, they don't know time management. They don't know, they don't see the repercussions of, you know, putting something off and procrastinating to the last second because no one's enforcing anything. Right. Yeah. And, and that behavior has become accepted. And, you know, from, from my kids, that concerns me from when they're, you know, in our stage of life where you and I currently are.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. That's huge. I mean, yeah, I'm... I joke around with people at work. I'm like, man, I can't wait till my boys grow up because they're gonna eat all these other kids alive. (laughs) (laughs) That's my goal though, man. Like raising my kids, I just I want them to be, you know, just willing to rise to the challenge in anything, you know. Yeah, man. Take everything head on.
0: Well, I think, you know, one other thing that I'm I'm very focused on is trying to provide my kids with an idea of finances. Uh, and we haven't started that yet. And, and I think my kids are too young for that. But I something I feel very strongly about is at a probably by the time that, that my oldest is eight, like your son is, you know, maybe nine, starting to try to implement, you know, financial management, getting them to understand, you know, the, the idea of saving, getting them to understand how money works. Because money is working less and less for us, by the way, for anyone okay. that's not paying attention right now. Um, our money is going a hell of a lot further or excuse me, it's not going any further. It's going a hell of a lot less, uh, in terms of what it can do for us. But one of the things that I find so in my you know previous career in, in education is so many kids not understanding the value of money, how to prioritize it, save it, make it work for them. And they have no respect for it. They'll, they'll have empty bank accounts. Like right. I, I have, I, I know people that are in their late twenties that are are defaulting on their bank account because they they don't have they don't have the value. They think you can just put a credit card on it and go. And it's I I don't ever want my kids to be in a position of despair and desperation because they didn't know how to effectively, you know, hold budget, you know, hold their money budget, you know, and make it work for them. And I think the earlier that we start that the better off my, our kids will be. And we're not doing it in schools. You know, we, oh, yeah. we, I think I had econ in high school. It was my se- Yeah. Econ was my second semester of my senior year. That's it. And, and everything else I learned either from my parents, uh, or on my own. And my parents did a pretty good job of teaching me that stuff, but I don't think most families are. And seeing what we're seeing now, I think the value of learning how to, you know, budget wisely, you know, learn the value of a dollar and what it can and can't do for you going without teaching your kids how to go without at an early age. Yeah. I think that's going to be more important than ever before.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, you know, there's been times my kids have, (laughs) they've broken something and the next words out of my son's mouth are, Oh, it's okay. Dad, I'll get us a new one. I'm like, wrong answer. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Like, nope. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, man, yeah, the financial end of things. I mean, I haven't put a ton of thought into that. But, you know, next time I'm on the Stairmaster, I'll start hammering that one <laughs> up. But, uh, no, uh, yeah, I mean, it, that's another huge thing. It's just, man, the world is coming at our kids from all angles. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm going to try my best. You know, I'm going to put everything I got into it. It's, uh, yeah, I want my kids to succeed. I don't want them to be one of these failure-to-launch scenarios. Yep. Um, you know, I I, I had a tough time launching after college, and, you know, that was what it was, but it was miserable, you know? It was, yeah. you know, and I want them to have a bad taste in their mouth that they can't, you know, like, go out and succeed. Like, I want them to have that drive, you know?
0: Yeah. No, I, something there... You said it earlier, like you felt as a man, it was your responsibility to get out, you know, get out of your parents' place, and do your own thing, and 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 I did. So when I first took my first job, I was, you know, living in Athens, Georgia for a year, and you know, ended up moving back to Nashville when I got hired at the next position, and I, I lived with my parents for a year, and that was just like, I mean, it, it wasn't soul crushing by any way, shape, or form. I'm not going to be dramatic about it, but I was like, man. But at the time, like, it made more sense to stack to stack as much money as I could. And I bought a house, right? Like I bought a house after a year and that, that was a huge help. So I I think there is, you know, a balance of like, Hey, like to a certain point, but like, I don't want to be, I don't want my kids being in my house at 32, 34. I'm not going to let them for the record. right? (laughs) And I, I, dude, I know people, I know people that are living with their parents and they're in their, they're 36 and 37. Right. And they don't have drug problems. They don't, they're just living at home. And it's well, what what's missing, right? And and we can that could take us down another rabbit hole for three hours, but it's setting expectation. I think you're doing a great job, just what you're telling. I mean, obviously, I'm not there every day, man, and and, and nor am I some expert. I mean, you've got more no, experience yeah. as a father than I do, um, but I, I think you're doing an incredible job, man, because you're you're setting expectations now to where it's not like they feel like they have to catch up later. And and I, I want to circle back on something that you said too. It's you know, being able to handle diversity. One of the things that I struggled with initially in my career field was was taking feedback. And I think that was, and, and I'm not knocking my father, love him very much, but there was almost a perfectionist expectation in, in my household as a kid. And that made me fearful of failing. And I think embracing failure, teaching your kids to, you know, not be okay with failing, but to learn from it and grow from it. And- yeah. I think those in in creating situations where, you know, they're probably going to fail. I think those are great situations to put your children through at an early age. So they, when those bigger moments do occur in life and they happen to everybody, they can handle it. And it's not this, you know, just kind of, you know, mentally crushing experience where they shut down and they, they stop trying.
1: Right. Yeah. So it's like, kind of like that whole concept of your worst day is your worst day. like. You know, like if if your worst day hasn't been that bad, then if something gets a little bit worse than that, then you don't know how to handle it. It's like you know, yeah. putting yeah. yourself pushing yourself um, into scenarios that maybe you're a little bit over your head. Yeah, but you got to figure it out, and you got to you know, and that's something big for yeah for our kids, for for our boys especially. Uh, you know, yeah, make them figure it out. <laughs>
0: Make yeah. them figure it out because, you know, we're not going to be here forever, yep. you know, and it's God love them. You know I'm going to give them every ounce of love and, and you know, encouragement I can. But at the end of the day, I've they've got to be prepared for me to not be there one day. And yeah. uh, that's my biggest fear is, is leaving my kids unprepared. That is yeah. my biggest fear. So, yeah,
1: and it goes, you know, it goes kind of like we were talking earlier with the whole confidence thing. It's going to build a ton of confidence in them, too, if they know, hey, I got into this whatever, whatever scenario. And I used what I knew and I figured it out and I got out of there and I was good.
0: Exactly.
1: Perfect. Good job, man.
0: (laughs) And you, and you grew from it, right? You, it's like, Hey, I can do this. I didn't think I could. It's that to me when those moments, it's so stimulating, whether it's working on a car, you know, whether it's a, a physical, you know, thing that I didn't think I had the ability to handle. And I did, you know, like that, those moments I think are just so encouraging, but you know, changing, changing topics here in our, in our, you know, last couple of minutes here, what are you and Sarah working on? What, what's kind of like your, your goal right now as a family, like what, what's kind of the next thing that you've targeted and you're in pursuit of?
1: Ooh. Oh man, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, um, hmm. as a whole family, I think, I um, hmm.
0: You can even say Disneyland if that's okay.
1: <laughs> no, it's funny though we uh, we've been last year in March. we Like we try to go on a vacation every year, and last year in March we had both just had it with the snow and the cold, and we're like, "That's it. From now on, we're doing spring break vacation." So I am looking forward to that. But, uh, but uh, no, I mean, man, I me and my wife are both just very day-to-day people. Like, I mean, in terms of down the road, in terms of a big goal for down the road, I honestly have a hard time coming up with anything. It's just like, man, just every day, just, um, just tackling whatever we got is like the biggest thing, um, we focus on. Um, and with our kids, it's just, yeah, it's just like day-to-day, um, Working together, making the best of it. Um, Me and my wife work together great. Um, Yeah, I mean, in terms of where we want to be, like, honestly, with our property, with what my wife's doing right now, like, this is her dream. Yeah. Um, Being where we're at right now, like, we are super blessed where we're at. Um, You know, my job can be frustrating sometimes. The past five weeks, I was in Wyoming and Houston, and it's been a grind. Um, uh, but uh, like overall, like it's we're in a good spot right now. Um, I guess just sustaining that, watching our boys grow up—not watching them grow up, but helping them to grow exactly. up. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, just you know, trying to trying to equip equip them for what's coming their way. Um, I think you just said something
0: yeah. that really hit home with me too. One of the things where. As a father and as a husband, sometimes I feel like I'm struggling. Is like, like you know, Megan and I have our own goals, career-wise, and all that, right? right. But then, you know, we we sometimes I'm like, man, I need we need a bigger house, and, and we do. Like, uh, arguably, either we're gonna have to expand this house or move. And I'm not gonna move at eight percent interest rates. Just forget it. No. Um, <laughs> but at know, the same time, it's, I get I get so mentally caught up in that. I'm like, man, I'm letting my family down. At the same time, it's like I think you just said something perfect. It's like. I'm blessed to be where I am. I'm, I'm blessed to have what I have. And like, if I could spend more time focusing on that and not, you know, what we think we need, I, I think that alone, it would just be, you know, I need to remind myself of that. Cause I think that'll be a, a big win for me mentally as a father and as a husband. Um, yeah. Thank you for saying that. Cause that's, that's definitely something that I need to be working on and appreciating for where I am.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, I couldn't, have imagined, you know, being where we're at right now. We've definitely been blessed for sure. Um wow. at the same time working working in the oil field, I'll be the first to tell you I've worked my ass off for everything <laughs> that we've gotten. Like I you know, and so I'm very proud of that. Like I'm very you should proud be. that, you know, I don't like my Bible verses that I try to live by like i don't need anything else from others like i try to you know take care of my family and be 100 percent self-reliant and you know um who knows maybe that'll all come crashing down and or you know i'll you know i i not i do need other people i'm not saying that you know i don't need anything from anybody else but you know in terms of providing for my family i definitely like Take a lot of pride in being able to do that. Like that's a huge goal for me. I get it,
0: man. Well, I mean, you I I get totally what you're saying. You you take a lot of pride in being that provider for your family, but then, you know, as we were talking about earlier, like we still need that community as men. Right. Right. So like I I totally get what you're saying there. And uh no man, I think it's I think it's admirable. I I think it's honorable, you know, you not relying on people. Uh it's because I think too many too many folks say they do so, man. It's that's why you know I've always kind of looked up to you, and it's why I have the you know greatest amount of respect for you just because of how you apply yourself. It's just a you know you're a caring person. You know you would I, I honestly believe give the shirt off your back to help somebody, but at the end of the day, you're not going to look for a handout. You know unless there was an absolute disaster where you absolutely needed something, and you're not looking for other people to take care of you your family. You you are constantly stepping up to the responsibility as a father and as as a husband. And I think more, more men need to be encouraged to do so. And, you know, at the risk of ruffling some feathers, you know, put through what modern society says that we need to be and, and, you know, put that bullshit aside and, and, you know, stand on the front, you know, take the heat for our families and provide and accept no, nothing less than that. And if more men can do it, who knows, we might be in a better place six months from now.
1: Yeah yeah that's huge and yeah i mean yeah i've I've loved getting to kind of catch back up with you over the last few years and watch your family grow and watch you kind of take this podcast on and 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 seek that um growth and push yourself and man it's been um yeah it's just been awesome reconnecting with you and and even even the uh the amount you know we can't we're not in each other's daily lives but just in the amount that we do talk you've even challenged me a few times in our phone conversation so I just want to say I appreciate that from you um just you know in the in the brief times that we have talked you know um, and and just over the last year um you've actually called me and I had some uh crazy uh i don't know coincidental times where you've had had something that you've said that's even just pushed me. So, I mean, yeah, it's a, to all the men out there, it's huge to just, even, even if it's just an occasional conversation like you and me have um, you know, over the years, it's just, it's, it's huge to have that in your life. So I just wanted to thank you for that too. So.
0: No man, thank you. I mean, I, (laughs) I, I have benefited from, and I hate to say the word benefited, but I, I genuinely have benefited from our friendship and, you know, thank you for you know being there for me. Thank you for taking the time to you know to kind of share your story. And and I know it's not easy too, man. Like I think it's very admirable for you to you know say, hey, like yeah, my wife and I have struggled, you know, and we've gone to therapy. And we're more more people are doing that than than you know want to admit. And it's okay. It's okay. My wife and I have gone through it. We've struggled. Um, you know, we we've, we've fought, you know, to remain you know you know together. And it's what we're all going through, man. I needed you to say it. You need me to say things from time to time, and thank you for being, you know, the friend to do so. Because, Definitely. it, uh, you know, we're we're in this together to some degree. And at the end of the day, these conversations, when they do have them, I, I don't think it's by accident.
1: Definitely. But
0: you know, that's just me. So, but well, brother, yeah. thank you, man, for taking the time. I know you're busy. Um, you know, I I know that you've you know got you know time away from work today, and you're taking time out of your day to to make this conversation. And uh, you know, even as you said earlier, going to a library to you know, have better internet connection. So thank you, man, for doing, I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, excited to kind of see where the conversation goes and, you know, hopefully this turns into something a little bit more and, you know, this can turn into kind of that, maybe that community that you're looking for as well long-term.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for having me again. It's been great. You know, this has been a great experience. I'm loving the podcast. It's great. It's a good thing. Um, can't wait to hear more episodes in the future.
0: <laughs> well, you're going to, if you're willing, I'd love to have you back on. I think this has been fantastic. Oh, yeah. So
1: yeah, uh,
0: awesome, dude. Well, thanks for being here, man. And uh, 31 days, I'll see you in for South that. Dakota. See
1: you in a month.
0: All right, brother. We'll <laughs> see you.